0: So, George, as always, give us a little bit of an update on what's happened in the life of you over the last seven days. How are things going? Dreadful. Absolutely awful, mate. Um, so where did it start? It started on
1: Thursday. I woke up, you know you have a bit of a routine, so I wake up, I go shower, and then I go eat standard stuff. It did the first two, shower, then I came downstairs, and then I was just looking at and normally I just start, you know, making my food, and I literally just didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. And I thought I was sitting there debating, like, you know, like sitting in the uh, I was actually sitting in the kitchen, just debating. like, What am I doing? And then I decided to make it and yeah. then obviously put a bit of paprika cumin on the eggs. And that smell just sent me off. I was like, nah, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. Just, uh, you know, half seven in the morning. Take smell of that. It's just there. Went to bed Thought just relax a little bit. What's going on? Went to the toilet, a bit of leaky, leaky bum bum going on, so that wasn't good.
0: Um, then I was sick, no idea where that came from. And normally well, out with me, the front end as well as the back the end. end, out the front end. Was, was it this? Did you did you literally go out the back end and then turn around and go out the front end, or was it was it a little no, bit no. of a pause? It
1: was it was a bit of a space between each other. Well, luckily. That's,
0: that's, that, at least it gave you that, then. Yeah, and and normally when I'm
1: sick, it's just like once. Like when I was younger, when I used to drink, if I drink alcohol, I'm normally just sick the once and that's it. I crack on. Yeah. Um, and then I was sick a second time in the day and I was like, okay, there's something going wrong here. So I thought, right, let's just not, let's just starve myself. Just see what's happening because it was quite bad. I was like bed bound sort of thing. Um, and then I felt better the next day, next day. And then it got to Monday where I was thinking, right, I need to start cracking on here and I need to start gaining a little bit of weight. Yeah, So I started eating normally, didn't I? Stupid mistake. Started eating normally after eating nothing for about three days. Um, and I had some, crazy bloat the whole entire day it's a bloat that i've never had in my life and i woke up at two o'clock on that Monday, well that tuesday morning and i threw up again didn't i nosebleed it oh. was it was like taking it out of me like oh it was just and then went and then it came to wednesday and i felt all right, so uh that's my week i lost the lowest i weighed so before i was 175 pounds uh-huh. i was obviously i was like the first couple of days i was pooing like eight 10 times a day madness sorry to people guys. sorry people eating as well i'm so sorry madness um and then on the monday when i weighed myself i was 164 and like three quarters so i lost just over 10 pounds
0: Jeez.
1: now i'm on on the way back up now so yeah so it's a lot of weight in a short space of time and just i just hate it i just hate it because you work so hard to get to where you are and it just goes but then saying that, I had my first session back um, and some movements I was a little bit regressed on, uh, I was regressing on, but my hack squat on my pauses actually progressed. I have no idea how. I have no idea what happened there, but I just progressed. And so I was like, yeah, cool, we'll, we'll take that. Didn't, didn't
0: shit yourself during the hack squat and, and that, you know, added as momentum at all or not.
1: <laughs> a little bit of air, in it? Just thrust. It <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nate. Other than that, that's been my week. It's been laying in bed, hot water bottle, curled up in
0: a ball, feeling sorry for myself, and being sick. That's shit. That's shit. You're totally right. I've had a few instances like that where we were really, really, really sick, and you just you just wish this never happened because you feel like your progress is just washing away, and quite literally in this case, down the toilet um yeah. so no.
1: and, and this is this is the thing i was thinking the other day this is the most hygienic i've ever been like washing my hands face mask two meter distance but that was the illest i've ever been in my life yeah the illest i've ever been in my life and i'm thinking you, i'm trying to obviously retrace my you know path in terms of what i did but pff, no hope you'll mm. never find out.
0: do you think that i think this i think this year as a result of all, of us all going into like hermit mode individually I think everyone's immune system is going to be weaker when we all get eventually let out into a little bit more normality. I think everyone's going to get pretty fucking sick straight away. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, those people like, you know, you got old elderly relatives and stuff that generally just stay a little bit more indoors anyway, when mm-hmm. they go out and, you know, or if you come round and you've got a cold and they get a cold, they're in bed for like two weeks, you know, not being able to get out because their immune system just can't adapt.
1: So yeah. it's a bit
0: worrying that. 100%. Um, I was, what was I going to say, yeah, it's,
1: I, 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 I just, yeah, I don't wish that ever. I don't, I don't know. I don't want that ever again. I really, really don't. I
0: really don't. Ah, definitely um, not.
1: Well, I was actually going to say. So what was I going to say? I can't remember now.
0: Wow. that's Well, so bad. let's move, let's move swiftly on because yeah, yeah. Mister Th- Mr. Thorburn's in the um the elusive uh, waiting room of the Beyond the Stage podcast. Which you know is... what he's going to be like if he misses a minute behind. Yeah. So so we, we better we better let him in. Better better let him join. Um, so also as always like we always tend to say it thanks very much for the support of the last episode with yeah. Josh Bridgman that went down extremely well I just actually had a look it was just over 6,000 listens on YouTube and, which is just crazy for a, a YouTube video of 59 minutes in length so yeah, yeah. We, we massively appreciate that And obviously anyone that listens on um, iTunes etc thank you very much Um actually by the next podcast probably the podcast after that actually I'll, I'll, I'll it literally have the microphone that Josh has because um, this one's a shower of shit, and <laughs> <laughs> and I need to upgrade it because it can't handle being in a corner of a room because I've realised the sounds just bouncing off that wall and that wall, so I need a higher quality mic to stop that. So apologies for now. That must the
1: thought. terrible. I've not got a mic. People I've seen in the comments, people have been saying a few bits. Here he is.
2: Wait, hey. how's things, Jack? Will you finish your little bro catch up?
0: Yeah, we have. You, you know the podcast too well, I think.
2: Well, um, uh, at least it shows I'm watching it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It was a George update, actually. So you,
1: you'll probably listen. You might listen to this, and you might be in your post workout next time. And it's, I'll, I'll skip the my bit. That's for sure. If you I'll have to,
2: yeah, I'll have to watch it and just watch the first five minutes to see what I have missed. So, <laughs> talking to post workout, I'm glad I rushed mine to get on you for six o'clock. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm so sorry. I was actually going to say, because I saw you put
0: up the saw, story. I was going to say, like, don't rush, because we're yeah. never really that on time. Doesn't matter. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> Did it affect digestion at all? Are you a coming into bit. the podcast with a little bit of dissension?
2: You may have to pause the podcast halfway through. <laughs> felt... No, I'm good. I'm good. How was, your, um, how was your session today?
0: I know everyone's in very sort of different circumstances at the moment with regards to training. I know that you've been in... Several different circumstances at this, at this present moment in time, in terms of different facilities, working out what you can and can't use. Um, how was today's session, and, and how are you generally sort of coping with with training at the moment?
2: Today's was all right. Um, I don't know. What it, I'm I'm struggling a bit with pole um, performance, um, especially like lat lat exercises. There's a lot to do with like my shoulder and stuff. Okay. It's it's quite a struggle with that, but no, not too bad. Um, but in terms of where I'm at at the moment with training, um, it's a little frustrating. But I, it's hard because I've been spoilt really for a long time. The whole, basically, the whole lockdown. So since nearly this time last year, so the end of March last year, I've been spoilt really with my availability to gyms, etc. Um, at the moment, I'm not training in. You can't really call it a gym, really. Um, I think I've shown both of you. Haven't I, have I shown both of you?
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's the
2: dungeon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I can't complain because there is some decent kit in there. Um, the the lion leg curl in there is the best one I've used in about a year. So I can't argue with it at all. I've still got, like, a leg extension, a leg press. So they've got – they're fully, fully equipped with the leg in the leg department. But then it's just because – because of like my limitations physically um, with a few niggles and stuff i'm quite picky with what i use in terms of kit and because of that it's, it's making it a little bit harder for me like i do de- if i was you know 100 i could probably get in like really good sessions but it's it's just not quite the same aj you'll know what i'm talking about you know you're used to training in the creme de la creme and now oh, yeah. if, if you go anywhere now it's kind of like a step down and it's it, it once you've once you've trained at the best and i'll say that i have but for someone like yourself once you've trained at the best you do become a bit spoiled and then when you've got to go back to the basics you do find it a bit hard you know yeah 100 i definitely agree with that because
0: i've been in several different gyms over this period of time um and the thing that i was talking about with george the most is i <sighs> It seems so like such a like third world problem, but I, I'm sure you're the same, but it's just I, I've, I've really failed to this entire like six, like the last basically the last six months. So the little like the very sort of end of my prep and then all the way after that in this entire off season, I just don't think I've ever grasped like a, a solid schedule that's just the same for like a good couple of months before something else changes.
2: And, and even, even the like the, the sort of cloud of uncertainty over like openings or whether you can train a certain day or get in at a certain time, yep. like I know it like you said, third real problems, but even that like playing on your mind, it, it does make all the difference. Yeah. So I know George, what's your situation like at the moment?
1: Yeah, it's the it's the exact same. I mean, luckily I have set days and I kind of like know when I'm allowed to go in and it's pretty much the same each week which is good so I have I don't really have that problem I have had the random I'm preparing myself and it's like okay so I'm not going in this evening I'm like you know i am I've been preparing myself all day I've done you know everything I can to make sure that this session is going to be perfect and then I'm not going to be trained then you feel a little bit lost to an extent um, my only issues at the moment is just the time spent in the gym I could do a little bit longer like sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm rushing a little bit I mean it's minor I'd much rather that than be training at home that's for sure mm-hmm. but you know those moments when I'm doing like an RDL sometimes that takes me but sometimes if I really need to warm up and take my time it could take up to an hour to that for yeah. just to do that one exercise which might sound stupid but it's it's kind of how I how I like to do things and I enjoy doing that as well so it's quite a little bit shit when i have to train like for an hour and 15 minutes when i'm used to training for like two hours but like i said i've, I've coped with it i can manage with it it's just yeah it's quite annoying really isn't it stomach right now. now yeah 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 all good now uh, past couple of days i've just trying to be getting back on track eating but that, Again, yeah.
2: i know you've mentioned your weight and stuff but realistically that's all like that's all fluids and like muscle glycogen so that'll be back in like a couple of days i wouldn't worry about that it's quite funny
1: because I was laying in bed with a missus and um, she gave me a cuddle. She's like, "Oh, you're all soft. Like you're just soft. Like normally when you train, because I didn't, I didn't train for nine days, which is, for me
2: is, like, uh, you know, when you are know, down. That is.
1: Yeah. And she was like, "You're you're so soft. Like your chest is all squidgy and stuff. And I was Do you like, "Sure? What? <laughs> I should I should have gone back. There <laughs> you go. <know>? Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, I and I realized, I, and then I started feeling myself, and I was like, "Shit. I am soft, flat as a pancake. Here. What's going on? Like, where- <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of days, I've I've came back uh, a little bit. I'm trained upper body yet, but
2: legs are starting to feel a little bit fuller, which is nice. So, I think yeah. that that's that's actually something like me and AJ. We've spoken about the past sort of week, two weeks. I don't know if you want to touch on that at all. How uh, our philosophies are getting to do with like taking time off training and stuff like that. Like we're edging now towards a lot more of the approach of. I know because it, it did become popular taking like four di- four days to a week off training. That was the big thing for a while. Um, and I think there is a lot of merit to that in a psychological sort of setting. Like it is beneficial to take time off just to relax. But from a physical standpoint, I think, AJ, we agreed that it it sets you back quite a long way. And it takes quite a while to get that back. Because um, have you touched on that on a podcast at all, AJ? No, not really. Um
0: I certainly think that you know you're you're right that the 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 older approach that we used to all have was certainly the four days off. And it's funny because like my original approach even before that four days off, like way, way back was always to do a week of lower volume and but also lower intensity. Mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> Cause I, I did that, I, but I was training like 2016-2017. That was a whole week of of, of deloading. And then Obviously, we started to understand that, you know, taking time off totally could help from a, a joint, tendon, ligament, and even like from a sort of a neurological standpoint in terms of just taking time out of that gym environment. And then I, what what I think we both agreed on is the fact that after those four days, and even me and Cuba have agreed on this as well, because we used to do the four days off like all together when we were training together, um, is that after the four days you come back and it's like you it's just not the same. Like you've, you've lost, you've lost a wave of momentum. And I think it's down to what pretty much everyone's argument with the four days off was, is that the whole patterning scenario where, you know, you, you do lose that sort of skill patterning. You lose also a little bit of probably nervous system adaptation that you've, you've formed over those weeks. And you maybe lose a little bit too much of it yeah. um, so that when you go back, you not only pre-sore, but you're pre-smashed straight out of the gates. Um, so what to touch on what I've been doing, and I'll obviously ask you what you're exactly doing in some of these scenarios, but to touch on what I've been doing recently with clients is I've almost been like combining a bit of the two. So I'll do a D-volume week, but around workouts where we're maybe seeing the majority of the stall within progression or we're seeing a significant rise of, of like fatigue following a, a particular session within that micro cycle, I'll get them to just rest on those days or I'll get them to do a couple of days off and then, then start a whole D volume week. So, so like not, it's a combination it's not taking of
2: too much time off. So in yeah. Couple of
0: days, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I think we talked about it earlier in the week. We see people like taking like a week or a week, a whole week of training off. I just, uh, I, it perplexes me as to why, uh, why that's a good idea. You know, like a whole entire week of, of no weight bearing activity whatsoever.
2: And then their the pictures look shit. Oh, Jack, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, no, I, like it does. It does knock you though. You know, it does. And and that's you're losing we, ton of fullness. That's what. We, but that's what we we're talking about. And then it takes you quite a while to get that back. Far mm. far too long. Like it shouldn't. It like the whole point is that you reset and you're ready to go straight away. Yeah. but it takes you like a good two weeks to get it back and that's that's almost a wasted two weeks really so so
0: what 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 would your favorable scenario be let's say you accumulated a, a, a large amount of fatigue and it's consistent uh, aka daily living for you um but let's say you're actually sensible and you do decide to, to back down um you know what what would your in what in would an your imaginary
2: world' <laughs> um, In an imaginary
0: world where you actually you know, do so these what
2: what I've started to do with a few clients now, like I've literally just done it last week with, do you follow my client, Jack Jones? Have you ever seen his stuff? Oh, great. Um, really, cast. really good. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Even though they're in, obviously still in lockdown, he's got access to quite a bit of kit. Um, and a lot of it is com- like heavy compound stuff, barbell work now. So he's ba- he was battered. Um, and luckily he said, oh, I'll probably need to take a deload in a, a week, two weeks. And I said, I'd rather you nip it in the bud now, early. Um, and originally we were running stuff like four days off, but I said, this was when we were having a discussion, I said, I'd, I'd much rather now, maybe you take two days off at the start or now, and then just go into your normal week. But within that, you do exactly the same session, but on all your compounds drop it to one set only one set as opposed to like the two or three and then you put within that one set you're performing the the like middle rep range so something like an eight to twelve yeah you I, like I wouldn't have it I wouldn't have him do any of the like six to eight what, what would you what would you say is the purpose behind picking that rep range just because if if you're going into like the lower rep ranges that's when you're really starting to tax like cns and stuff like that joint obviously joint integrity a lot more and if you are to get more of an accurate like accurate if you can put tension through the muscle more accurately in that one set you're probably more likely to do it in that eight to twelve as opposed to if i had him do like six to eight reps he may like he may not be able to be as accurate with it. So if you're to preserve as much performance and muscle as you can during that time, I'd rather make sure that the one set he's got, that he can be really accurate with it. So bumping the reps up a little bit more um, would sort of ensure that the, the load isn't too high where he might miss the mark on it. But that approach has been... Like, I don't know where the bodybuilding scene got the whole deload approach from because within... Um, because obviously, I, I did a masters in strength and conditioning, and what what the idea in strength and condition has always been the de volume side of it. So it's it was it's always been to de volume the 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 week. So you still keep the load as high as possible because that's the load is the is the main stimulus. So within athletics and all prof- like professional sports, that's how they approach it. So they always keep the load high. It's just they'll take the volume back to bare minimum and then ramp it back up. So I don't know where the bodybuilding scene kind of adopted that D-load from, um, but now it does seem that a lot more people are adopting the sort of D-volume side of it. George, have you got anything to add on the D-volume I, chat?
1: I, I think it, it depends on, if you're training at home and you're not very motivated, I think you'll probably be best taking four days off um and normally when you take the four days off you gain a little bit of motivation to you know maybe get back into it that sort of thing so i think if people are trained at home they're very limited with equipment then probably taking the four days off will be smart um i if you have good equipment and you know you want to continue training you've got no problems at all then of course you know i think running the d volume serves its purpose i think every time that i've done it so far it's been so so much better than the four days off even the clients i've done it with have said that is they prefer that to the four days off um i i wouldn't i wouldn't sacrifice any loading at all like i know jack said it worked between 8 and 12 and i can understand that but i just find if i dropped the loading down and i did like anything above 10 reps or so then i think when i go back into doing that heavy stuff i think that normally tends to suffer um and that just even coming back after nine days off myself i found that Just doing some of the heavier, heavier stuff was a lot harder than the actual, you know, the back off sets that I was potentially or the the heaviest or the lighter stuff I should say. So again, I agree. I think the D volume works better um, in terms of you can just pick up where you left off and just keep going. Like it's almost kind of if you're on a ladder, you kind of just pause there and you just go up instead of having to climb up the ladder and then take four days off. And when I I remember when I trained with you, AJ, back in like 20 must be in 2019 at some point. What, in um, Birmingham? Up in Birmingham. And I took a yeah, four-day deal. Nice. And remember when I came back from that four-day deal, I was like, mate, I can't do anything today. My fatigue is there. Okay. I can't lift the weights that I was doing. I'm like, what is going on? Um, since doing the D-volume approach, I don't ever, ever have that. I just literally, I can progress my numbers even in a D-volume. So when I come yeah. back, go, so, yeah, cool. I can just actually uh, press on. <laughs> Whereas when I, when I take four days off, I'm a little bit like, hmm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do in terms of but numbers
2: today. So yeah um i like the d volume because it almost takes you a week then to like get back into training because you you don't know how to approach that week whether yeah, to I'm just ready, go all at it you know you know what i found in the d volumes as well it was
0: almost like it opened up my mind to where my volume probably should be out on some body parts <clears throat> because yeah. i did a d volume me and cuba did a d volume in <clears throat> february something like that on legs so we went down to on one work set on hacks, one work set on leg press, and we were previously doing two on both. And then since that session, we just said to each other, why the fuck are we doing two? Because we just could never recover from it. Um, so we went down to the one on both. <clears throat> and then for the rest of the prep, we ran one on bro- both pretty much, still two on ISOs. And then only recently have I introduced uh, either, one- either two on a hack and then one on leg press or two on leg press and one on hack. And that's, that's my leg volume. Like I did that in my last le- leg session. And that's, that's all I know I can recover from before I go into, into the next day. If I go two and two, I'm li- I literally, I'm trashed. I can't, I can't recover from that anymore. Um, I think that is down ultimately to getting stronger and being a lot more accurate than I have been in the past. Um so, I think in the future, it'll probably be one and one that I'll only be able to recover from. So, that, that's what I said to you as
1: well, AJ. Like, I actually kind of just judge it on the day. Sometimes I just auto regulate. So, even when I like just do that sort of top set, I just might go, you know what, that's it, I'm done. That was a really, really good set. I was on the money, felt good. I sometimes might go, you know, I might move on to the leg press or whatever. Um, I typically do that more with my lower body sessions than I do in my upper body sessions, though. I never do that, really. I yeah. always like to do the top set and the back offset for upper body. But lower body, I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's a good set. I don't need to do any more than that. I gave it 110%. Move on to the next one and do the exact same instead of just not bringing
0: it as good of quality, potentially. So, yeah. Anyway, I want to change tack a little bit. Jack, I want to know a little bit more about what 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 were your plans for this year? and like because I, I knew for a while like you you had it in in your mind that you were maybe going to step back on stage within this particular year yeah so and now i'm i'm pretty for our conversations that we have been having you seem to be pretty adamant that that's not going to be the plan but um could you enlighten us on on sort of what's happened over the last few months um and maybe why your plans have, have taken a slightly different route for for this particular year
2: yeah so i was i was basically 100% um that i was going to compete this year i think that's been the plan for well the, the whole of last year. I think I was making really good progress throughout all of the lockdowns last year. Um arguably in hindsight, maybe I could have I could have competed at the end of last year, maybe. I don't know. Um but I didn't I did make really good progress from about especially like from September onwards. I think so when gyms properly back opened back last year, I made some good progress. But the plan was to always was to compete this year um, I was in a pretty good place but then um, I think it was the start of December mid-december I, I I can't put my finger on what happened but performance started to take a knock um, most of most of the people that follow me know that I've got a few issues in terms of like inconsistent training due to like a few niggles i call them niggles because it's hard to explain what they are um essentially i've had a postural like a postural issue for a while and the way that my body works it like the, the firing patterns and stuff aren't they're a bit all over the place if that's
0: <laughs> if people want the full story it's on that muscle memoirs podcast isn't it you 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 describe yeah, it. I think well I then. do
2: actually. Yeah, but I'm not gonna bore people with that. But basically, like I struggle to recruit muscles and things don't move the way they should. Um and I was man well, I say managing it well. I was doing whatever I could to make progress, and I was making progress, but I had to do some pretty stupid things to get like where I needed to, like um sort of people have seen me pop my hips, pop my shoulders and stuff, and I was I was kind of like I, I didn't enjoy doing it, but I, I could still get pretty good sessions in, so I just did it. But now taking a step back now and having these niggles flare up again has made me realise that it's not really something I can be doing in the long run and I need to get over it. Like, I need to be able to perform and not do it. Uh, so that's that's given me, like, a kick up the arse to get it sorted because I was just, like, getting by on it before. Whereas now... Um, I'm working with Aaron um, on Instagram. He's called MoFo Body Mechanics. So a pretty good, a very good sport osteopath up by you, AJ. So he's in like Batley, so not far from Leeds. Um, I don't say Leeds because someone corrected me the other day. I I termed Batley Leeds and he was like, don't you dare. He got like offended by it. So (laughs) I don't know whether Batley's a bit of a shithole or I'm not sure. But, um, I won't comment because there's probably some listeners from both areas. Yeah, you might, you might. comment. No if it's comment. That bad. I'm sure, I'm sure, plenty would agree. Anyway, they just yeah. accept it. You know, I, I'm fully aware that the majority of Swansea is shit, so I, I, I don't disagree. But um, yes, yeah, so and I'm, I'm working with Aaron. Um, just uh, so not only does he treat me, but he gives me plenty of programming, um, and then like rehab and mobility work and. Like I'm putting a lot of effort into that. And I am seeing I am seeing quite a bit of improvement from it. Um, it's not it's not a quick fix. So it's taken me five, six years to get down this hole. So it'll take a good time to get out of it. But I'm already seeing like decent results from it. So hopefully, hopefully I can get the plan is if things improve to compete next year. Um, but it'll depend on how it goes. Like for me competition the like i love competing but it's not the main driver for me um, i just want to be able to train properly like if i'm training properly if i can train 100% the competitions will happen naturally because i'll just the the muscle will be there you know i just enjoy training so if i can get that back um, I, I, I without without like sounding arrogant or anything i think people or at least myself i got a sight of what I'm capable of a bit more. So around like November time, I was really pleased with how I was going. Um, but I with a little knock now, but I, I, I know what I can still achieve and, and more than that. So yeah, hopefully the plan is now next next year if all things go well. Um, George, have you touched on what your plans what your plans are? Well, 2022 is
1: is kind of what I'm aiming for. Um, again. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen over this year or whatever's going. to... I mean, I'm trying to just remind myself that obviously being in the gym right now, I need to take full advantage because are yeah. other people that are not in that position. So, again, you know, I'm I'm treating it like a prep this year. Kind of, this is like the final kind of year where I need to really get my head down and you know make as much progress as I possibly can for 2022. So I think
2: I think the main thing with you is now like the progress you've started to make um, is just a sign because. Obviously, when you prep, you're very serious when you prep. But yeah. I think you'll be the first to admit that when it comes to off-season, you do slack a bit. Yeah. Um, whereas this time, you are treating it a bit more like a prep kind of thing. Um, and if you carry on with that, like, you, you've seen the progress you've made. So if you mm. carry on with that, I think, you know, next year, especially because you have you have access to things now, you're putting yourself a step ahead. Um, I think you, you'll you do very well. So you, do you have... Any expectations of how you'll do or just want to beat what you what you brought before?
1: Yeah, ideally, I'd like to beat what I did before. I mean, me and AJ, we learned a you lot. Like that. That. We learned a lot in 2019. <laughs> don't um, really want to go backwards. Yeah, in terms of like, okay, do we need to get as lean so, as what we did?
2: Well, yeah, who, who goes backwards? Who goes backwards?
0: Oh, there's plenty. <laughs> there's plenty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but, but yeah, we, we
1: definitely, I, I know I could bring better. Like, you know, when I was like seven weeks out, we, I, was, I was ready back then. And I remember looking, watching a qualifier and I was like, AJ sent the screenshot. And I was like, that lineup, I probably could have won that, uh, that qualifier. And then obviously I, I, I had, because I'm like, if I have a set plan, Like, I had this goal. This was the first show I was going to do. And I told AJ, regardless of what happens, I wanted to compete on that day. That's my first show because I just didn't want anything changing or disrupting that. Um, So, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot in terms of – it'll be interesting to see kind of my approach to, like, cardio and things like that next year. You know, I definitely won't be on the Stairmaster (laughs) running level 10. Yeah,
2: that reminds me. Someone – you know, like, do you ever get it now and again? Someone will like a video or a picture from, like, four years ago on your feed i don't know how they uh, must be scrolling for ages but someone you get someone, a lot, liked, yeah. someone liked the video on when i was on the i recorded it when i was on the stairmaster, and i watched it it made me feel sick i was literally going like that up the i remember stairs, and i was like Fuck, you know i won't be doing that no.
1: yeah you know? so, uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of how i do things differently uh, this time round and how that impacts my physique. So it's only going to get better. I'm assuming I'm hoping so anyway,
0: but right, it will. You'll actually, you'll actually have some legs left,
1: mate. Yeah, no fucking hell Just diet them off. And I spent, you know, majority of 2020 trying to regain the muscle that I was posting all these transformations. People are oh, that's sick progress, sick progress from your contest. And I'm thinking, I'm just trying to regain the muscle that I had originally. This is not progress. This is just me regaining it very quickly, you know. So, yes, yeah, uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. So I'm excited to see what we could do this time round. That's for sure. And I want to win. I want to win a show at least. Um, I mean, I'm not in it to. I, I mean, I don't. Winning's not a driver for me. Of course, it's it's great to win. Love it. But um, you know, I, I think how close it was last time for sure. I think this time, yeah, um, it's 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 got to be there. It's got to be there. Surely. So yeah i'm excited i'm excited just thinking
0: about it you know what you nailed that like post prep regain of muscle element because i think like we've both been through probably well all three of us have been through preps in which we arguably put the gas pedal down a little bit too hard and have come out the back of it and but basically represented what is everyone's thoughts on natural bodybuilding which is you have to spend at least six months just basically getting back to where you were before. And I just think it's a categorical waste of fucking time because whilst I could have been a little bit leaner, perhaps in my glutes and hamstrings last year, I was still in contest condition and post-show it was like relatively quick to get into a period of time, which I was already improving, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of not only just visually seeing changes, but, but performance in the gym being higher than it was at the end of the last off season, you know, and that's obviously one of the biggest indicators of new muscle coming
2: on is, is whether you're mechanically being able to move more load. Um, Do you you also attribute that to the fact that you weren't following the textbook Natty reverse diet that everyone followed for like five years? That was like the religious thing. Like add what, like add 500 calories to your diet and then like, 100 calories every time you stall and yeah i mean um, i mean like if
0: you look at body weight true body weight like i'm already up into so i was 186 pounds this morning and when did i finished competing like october so i've gained from 160 pound stage weight all the way up to 185 in that time period so it's it's, it's pretty pretty swift um and like obviously you know in the reverse process sent a few pictures to you guys I sent pictures to Cuba Cuba actually thought within the initial phase I could have I should have actually gone faster he said that that was that was the only downfall downfall in the first phase is that I actually went a bit too slow um so I think I could have gone even quicker and probably been at been at all-time strength even quicker than I was able to within this phase so I'm constantly learning but like I said to Cuba in that instance I was like trust me mate like as much as I could have, I definitely have done a lot better than last time. Yeah. So as long as I'm improving and I'm getting better with that post-show phase and that's a win, but even like from a physiological perspective, I think the fact that I wasn't doing, you know, hours on the stairs or 25,000 steps, you know, all of these crazy things that we've done. like I felt like the physiological side of things came back very, very quickly as well. Um, I didn't feel too suppressed at the end and i was able to feel pretty normal pretty swiftly so um yeah which ultimately is is you know made me think about competing again sooner than i thought just because of how quickly it's been a process of recovery and making improvements but we'll see we'll see we'll see with yours av i noticed
1: like when i've seen your shots and stuff like that like you haven't got soft like what i noticed when i gained a little bit of weight is my body just gave up on me. It just gave up on me. Yeah. And I remember when we went through that phase yeah. where I was like, I was like, mate, I look like shit. Like mm-hmm. I've got so many photos on my phone from like October time. I come like obviously finished in September, October, late October, November time, where I was just like really small, really just bloated, fat, watery. And that happened in the space of like, you know, I gained a little bit of weight. And then all of a sudden my body just went into this sort of like recovery sort of phase. Um, and I think that was just where I was so over-dieted and so fatigued that my body just went, nah, just gave up on me. Um, and I went through, like, a really shit stage of just looking awful towards the end of the year. Um, yeah, been there yeah, myself, was, mate. Been there myself. It was, it was shit in terms of that. But, but the, the difference with yourself, the difference AJ? Is, you you looked fairly good
2: still, you know? You didn't get soft that quickly. Yeah, the difference there was, like, obviously, George, you were, like, over-dieted, so... What the body does there is basically says, yeah. shit, shit, I need to get out of this. Like, I never want to be like this again. So you, st- you like almost overcompensate mm-hmm. and store more than you should. Whereas AJ, obviously he was in stage condition, but not not like over-dieted. So it wasn't as much of a shock and it wasn't in yeah. like the body didn't go into that like emergency and try and store it all, which is why it, like AJ, you distributed it a lot better, I think. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I totally, I totally agree, and I, like I said, to Georgia, like I, I've, I've been there. You know, like I spent most best half of 2018 regaining back everything I lost in 2017, and I think another thing that maybe helped as well is the fact that you know I only did two shows, and it was just two shows and then done kind of thing, rather than in 2017 I strung out being in stage conditions all the way from August. Until November, you know, mid mid November. So I think the length of time you spend down there as a natural needs to be extremely limited. Which is why, again, I'm favouring going for potentially this year's competition year because I don't believe the qualifiers are even going to really happen. I don't, I, I I just don't think they're going to happen. To be honest, um, I think they'll probably end up doing doing one show as a final, just so that they can have people with the least limitations in a venue. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. That's a rash. That's a rash sort of uh, announcement. I don't think the qualifiers are going to happen. But I, I think it would be smart just to do another open British final again. Just get everyone in one show and just crack out a high quality show because there's going to be a lot of people competing this year um, that maybe were going to go last year. Um, so that would probably end up working well. But like I said, we'll see. Um, moving away a little bit from competition. Um, I actually wanted to ask you like a few few questions that I've actually got written down. So one of one of my questions is, what what would you say is one of the, the biggest things you've actually learned through these lockdowns, mate? Whether it's about yourself or whether it's about bodybuilding in a whole uh, the industry or others that you that you look at that you look at or that you've just what have you learned from from these lockdown phases, mate?
2: Um, I don't know how people will perceive this answer, um, but I think. Never burn bridges um, or, like, relationships. Um, Good answer. This, this may potentially – I don't know whether it comes across as a selfish attitude, but um, the more – it's not really selfish because it's quite the opposite. Like, the more you show interest in someone, communicate with people, keep relationships, build relationships, like, you never know where that will take you. And that's not just from the perspective that I'm giving it at in terms of having access to facilities – but if you can look at that in terms of like business and anything from that really like them, because that's what people are renowned for in business, you know, keeping, keeping and making contacts that you never know where that will take you. Um, And I think I've learned that a lot. So for example, the gym that I had access to from, so basically we locked down in Wales, I think it was like the 28th of March, no, a bit before. Not that I'm counting. But, a little bit uh, before, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like 24th or something. Um, the, the next day, someone messaged me on Instagram saying, I've got a facility. You've got nothing to worry about. Come down tomorrow and we'll sort it out. Like, that wasn't me messaging him. That was him out of the blue messaging me. And it just so happened that the body power the year before, he'd, like, stopped by the Insight booth and I made an effort to, like, talked to him quite a lot showed an interest in him that like we had a good chat I spoke to his girlfriend as well this that and the other and like he remembered that and it just so happened that he had a full-blown facility and it's what I was able to train at for I think it was 16 weeks so in into like that's probably the main thing that I've learned that you know never because I could have just not bothered with him do you know what I mean and like even when people pop up on Instagram to me I know sometimes I joke about my responses. I know, George, you joke about your responses to people as well. But I'm sure with a lot of them, George, you're the first one to, once you've screenshotted it, taking the piss, to actually go back and say, like, I'm only joking. Yeah, like, A lot of them don't mean any harm. So, like, even in that scenario, I always, even if it's, like, an annoying question, I do kind of make the effort to at least, like, Stay on good terms with them or show an interest in them because you never know where that will get you. Um, you know, like last couple of weeks ago I shared this new um pots and pan selection that I got sent. Like, this I know it's only pans, but they're worth like 150 quid. And this blo- <laughs> this bloke sent them to me just because he saw how burnt my pans were that I was cooking in. Like, I, I am fairly like I am mates with him, but he doesn't live anywhere near here, but it's, I only know him through Instagram and he just sends me 150 quids of the pans. Cause he works for the company and it's just little things like that, you know? So that would potentially be the first thing. Um, I don't really know what else. Um, Cause I always knew that I'm going to do whatever it takes to sort of carry on doing what I'm doing. And the lockdowns kind of confirmed that to me. I know, like I'm not saying I'm a hero for getting up at two o'clock in the morning, but it does it does take a little bit to get up at that time to go and train and stuff. So, um, that that's just reassured me that. Well, I always knew that that I'm always gonna like do what I can with training. But apart from that, I didn't really know. Through it, also, kind of like people that actually care about you and stuff like that, like the people that because I know this. Not necessarily for me because I keep my circle very small, but I think a lot of people have realized who actually cares about them because as soon as they are not seeing them every day and stuff, like who is actually messaging you, making an effort to speak to you. I think a lot of people that's they've realized that, and I have to a degree, but my circle's pretty small already, so I knew that kind of thing. But those would be the main things I'd say. Oh, and also that the government are wankers, but I think everyone knows that. And, like, uh... I don't know whether you've seen the stuff that's gone on in Wales <laughs> the past couple of days, but it is an absolute joke. So they were, like, taking the approach that they came out and said that gyms would be, like, of the utmost priority. Uh, so they were going to be one of the first things to reopen, which I was really surprised at. Um and then they've come back, they've, like, detracted it now and said because of the Kent variant that, that that's a lot more likely to spread in gyms. So gyms have gone, like, right down now, and they're, like, one of the last. Oh. So, like, hairdressers are opening fairly soon, but there's no chance for gyms, like, because of the Kent variant. Oh, well, we're definitely due for the same. So, Yeah. <laughs>
1: my uh, question for you jack was actually about um your 2 a.m wake-ups and like training at four o'clock in the morning just just tell us like like the mindset behind that because for me i mean over over the time i've I've adapted to training at different times but i used to be really set in my own ways like if i didn't train outside if i if i trained outside the time that i usually would train my head would be gone. I'd be like, this is going to be poor. I'm not going to be able to get as many, as many meals in. So for you and especially a lot of people that do train first thing in the morning, I mean, not to an extent of like four o'clock in the morning to, how do you prepare for your sessions? First thing, what, what would you recommend people doing? Obviously, you know, hydrate that sort of stuff, but kind of what's your mindset as well, because you've got there's something in your head that's telling you I've got to do. Obviously I know, Training is a lot as a passion, as you said, but there's gotta be something else behind that as well for you to get up and get this shit done day in, day out. So
2: Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, it was the only time I could train. So you've just got to suck it up, really. Like, and for yeah. people that can't that's the only time they can train, you know, you've just gotta make the most of that. Obviously, it's not ideal, but that's your one opportunity to make progress in that time. So whatever psychological barriers you may be throwing up for yourself, like it's, it's on you now to get it done. So luckily I'm I'm pretty good with early rising. I know that's early, early. Um, and I don't want people to get it misconstrued that I was missing out on sleep. Like I was going to bed at like seven, half seven, which was quite strange. Um, but I still try and keep everything the same. Like arguably I could have gone gone there and not eaten before. Like, realistically, I, I wasn't really hungry or didn't need to eat. But because my routine is always that I have my pre-workout meal before I train, even at that time, I would still have it, which potentially is an, at the time was an issue because they don't have a toilet at that gym. So if um, if anything wasn't digested, you'd be in trouble. Like, I, I had a couple of occasions where I'd go there and the first couple of sets... I'd be like, oh, don't know about that. You know, the, the pre-workout, but the, the post, the post pre-workout, you're like, oh, the, the caffeine's kicked. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a long couple of hours training. But I think it's more, hey, AJ, were you going to say something then? <laughs> like... <laughs> nah, I'm
0: fine. I'm all good. <laughs>
2: I a lot of it was a psychological like thing. And then once I realised I didn't have access to a toilet, it was just like, it's oh, not going to happen. So, um, yeah, caffeine fitted. I just made sure I popped the toilet before I went. I always had to wait. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, so I always kept the same routine. Had my pre-workout before. Um, like, like you said, hydration. I made sure that normally I don't drink throughout the night. Uh, in terms of if I wake up, I might have a little sip. But I, uh, this time, if I ever woke up, I did. I did like drink quite a bit more. Um, because like, you're going to be a bit more hydrated when you wake up. So if you are training early, potentially, if you wake up in the middle of the night, yeah, a little bit more fluid in, you're not going to wake back up again, really. Um, so yeah, just make sure you're hydrated. I'd, st- I'd say just stick to a routine, find a routine and stick to it. Because the reason why people don't like training at, at early in the morning is quite, is quite often it goes against their routine. Yeah. so mm-hmm. once you get in that routine it's just like second nature because I'm sure there are a lot of people that train first thing that it's just that that's just what it is for them it's no different you know like you've got people like Jay Cutler and Phil Heath that train at 12 o'clock at night and that that's whilst they prepare for Olympias mm-hmm. you know so and I, but I don't know what time they're waking up and stuff and going to bed but you know if they can do it at that time it's it's not like an issue but I, for me the, the, the main issue was the fact that it was freezing cold. Um because this this wasn't a gym. This was basically like a tin a tin shed. It was a big tin shed that had loads of kit in. And it was actually I don't know how this happened, but it was colder inside than it was outside. I don't know how it happened because I would breathe outside and couldn't see anything, and I'd get inside and it would I could see my breath and it was pretty cold in there. I remember saying to AJ, I think like at that time and at that temperature, you just can't get a pump. So I felt like I was having fairly good sessions, but it didn't feel like it, just because like my body was numb. Um, but I, I I realized that it wasn't it wasn't going to be forever, and it was just something I had to do. Um, I'm not training down there uh, at the moment because I had another. Option available to me, and even though it hasn't got half the kit that other place has, I can still like I don't have to get up first thing in the morning now. So I thought I'd rather take that swap, but but um, people may think I'm like stupid for this. I haven't been able to use an adductor in the new gym that I'm at now because they haven't got anything, um, and I can't rig anything up. So what I might what I might start doing on leg days now is getting up fairly early, driving to this old gym that has an adductor, going there just to do them and maybe calves, then driving home, get a couple of meals in and then driving to the, the, the new gym that I'm at, which has a lot more leg kit and doing my normal session there because I've put a hell of a lot of work in my adductors for the past like year um, and I don't want... Like, arguably, I'm still going to get some stimulation in what I'm doing, but I don't want to not do any at all. And I was relying on the gyms being open in the next couple of weeks. So I thought I could probably get away with it. But if they're not, I might have to do that. So the problem is, I live here. Old gym with adductor is like an hour away here. For all audio know, listeners, this is a map. Right, so... <laughs> <laughs> new new gym is here. So I'll be going hour this way, adductor's calves, our back, couple of meals, hour oop, this oop, way, man. legs, hours back. So luckily I'm not working as in supply teaching, teaching at the moment. So I can do the online stuff whenever I'm home. But if I was working, I'd be in trouble. So yeah, sounds like you're
0: going for a two-a day there, mate.
2: <laughs> but it is, yeah. Essentially, it's a two-a-day two a day. But
0: you know who to ask advice on that?
2: Roman Fretz. <laughs> yeah, he's probably the best. Actually, who are you thinking?
0: <laughs> Don't worry, he's um.
2: <laughs> oh what? Um, King King reps and reserve.
0: Yeah, potentially. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. it'll give you all the tips. But um, <laughs> I actually listen to that Roman podcast. He's not he's an actual nutter. I am. Um,
2: like he is actually nuts, though. Like, yeah. he, the thing is, he knows what he's doing is wrong, but he doesn't fix it. But he, but he doesn't. Yeah, like he knows it's wrong, but he can't. He it's can't. like George I mean, not wearing, wearing his
0: step tracker when he was like, like, like going, like doing steps in the gym. He just wouldn't wear the step tracker, but he'd know that that's wrong. He'd still fucking do it anyway. Yeah. Absolutely, there's there's a link missing in the end. So there's so many things that bodybuilders do that's basically like massive self sabotage. But um, yeah, talking about training in the morning, I actually trained in the morning in Dubai for um for a whole month, and I quite liked it. To be fair, I trained at nine, just after one meal.
2: Oh fucking Alison, really? One?
0: Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I got I got up, I got up, I got like most of the work done that came in the night before because of the four hour time difference. Yeah, and then I trained. I did more work later what I found is my sleep was really really good because now even when I train like later in the afternoon or even early afternoon I'm always like trying to still come down off of yeah. that session when I'm going to bed I mean especially if I train like if I train like any later than three mm-hmm. I'm really struggling to knock, knock myself out at night so um so yeah um I'm going to change direction pretty heavily with this question so me myself and george are obviously both in relationships and and we're both both in relationships where well george's girlfriend doesn't really train too heavily or isn't into bodybuilding obviously loz is massively into bodybuilding she basically does the same things that i do on a daily basis so in slightly different relationships but what i want to ask you is like do you ever feel like that could be something you could have in your life or because you you strike me and i'm sure george is the same you know you strike me as an individual that is that is very 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 routine like to the nth degree to where having the time for someone to be in your life and you know sitting down with them and chatting with them and things like that you know might not even seem feasible within your set structure um so of, what's your views on that and like i know that you've been and correct me if I'm wrong, for the most part of your bodybuilding journey, you have been single. Um, so what's your views on, on relationships, Jack? I'm interested to know.
2: Um, I got, well, I don't want to say, I've got to be careful how I answer this, but I think one of my answers to it isn't really, um, I won't like go into it on, on the podcast, but. okay. Um, but then, in terms of everyone will be like, "Oh, what's he talking about? What's he talking about?" But maybe not. <laughs> uh, it's not. Uh, it's not too bad. But um, but then, in the other set, like, yeah, you are right to a degree. Um, I think, but like, I am very routine, routinely. That's a word. Um, yeah. And I think, but but. W- in terms of like the relation, I think the hardest part for me would be the start, like if you weren't living together, because obviously that takes a lot more time up then. In terms of like traveling to see and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. Um, and but if if I was in a situation like obviously you have to go through that stage. I think if oh, I was just in a find situation, someone that's willing to
0: skip that bit, mate.
2: Great <laughs> thing. Great But um, yeah. But like in terms of, I think. The start would potentially be a struggle, but I think once if you were living with them, I think I, I'd be I'd be able to manage with it. I think they'd have to. I'm edging towards more UAJ, whereas I think I'd have to have someone where that not necessarily was extremely serious, but fairly serious with it. Um, on, on on
0: that topic, don't you think that that might annoy you if they don't? do things the way you do things because surely you'd have to have like almost like a carbon copy of you.
2: That that's fucking never gonna happen, is it? <laughs> let's be honest. Applications
0: um, in the comment section below. <laughs> feel free. <laughs> we'll take serious apps. <laughs> um,
2: but no I think and also like I'm fully aware that I need to sort my shit out as well. Like I need to get yeah, on like this lockdown hasn't helped at all. Like I was um well on my ways of sort of securing a few jobs and that yeah, um yeah. so that I, I need to get that sorted i need to get a house and stuff like that and i think that would that would benefit me massively in terms of any relationships and stuff like that um but i i'll i won't go into it too much as well but you know in terms of like i'm not too happy with where i'm at with like especially with training and stuff like that and i wouldn't I know that potentially having other things in my life may help that. Mm -hmm. I also kind of wouldn't want to put that on someone else as well, if you understand what I mean. Um, Yeah, of course. Like, there were were periods where in 2000, it was well back when I was in uni, so similar, I was in a similar situation to I am now, whereas it's basically the... What happened? what's happening now started in terms of like me not being able to train properly. That started when I was like 19 and I can remember I would bring home all that shit that I had going on in terms of not being happy with training. I'd bring it home to my girlfriends at the time. It's not really fair on them. Um, yeah. So like it, it's kind of, that's my thinking as well with that is if I'm not, you know, a, a if, if I'm not like a happy go, you know, buzzing person, like I can be, I don't really want, want to be sort of imposing on someone else. And I know maybe I would change and they'd give me, they could potentially, you know, but you can't rely on someone else to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair on them really. You need to be in that happy place already. So I think that's, that's the main thing as well, but it's, I'm certainly not saying I'm, I'm ruling it out forever you know, but I need to get on top of a few things. Um, it's, it makes me laugh, like, without sounding arrogant. People, like, take the piss all the time about it on socials and stuff, have little digs at me. Do um, you think I'm not capable of going out and getting a bird? Like, like really? But, you know, <laughs> uh, but I won't, like, I'll take that as you want. But
1: on a, uh, on a serious note, Jack, does, like when that opportunity comes up where, you know, things are, you, you've got, let's say, you're content with job, you've got a good income, you're ready to take that step in terms of maybe looking for a girlfriend, does that actually scare you? Like, you might actually maybe have to take a step back, not take a step back from bodybuilding completely, but maybe take that little percentage back from bodybuilding no, and I invest that trying.
2: into, does that scare you? you? are right. Like, there there have been a few, you, you are spot on with that. So you, there have been a few times where, like, what, whilst I've been bodybuilding, because AJ, you are right, I haven't had a proper relationship since bodybuilding. Real, realistically, it was probably why it ended um, my long term relationship before. Um, but funny enough, when I was like a few weeks out from the show, she started to show an interest again. And this was like the love of my life at the time. And I was gutted, like, that I lost her. And then she started to show an interest, but because bodybuilding like blinkers were on i didn't give a shit so i lost the opportunity um but no george you are right and i've recently well not recently but since bodybuilding i've had a few occasions where i have started to like a girl but then it's almost been because realistically the only times where you get anywhere in terms of like speaking to a girl or speaking to the opposite sex whatever or the same sex if you're into that uh, is what it is, um, is sort of like later on in the day. Yeah. It, at the start, it's always later on in the day, isn't it? And it would get to a stage where I'd be, I'd be speaking to someone and I'd be like, Do you know, what? I need to go to bed. I can't be asked. Like, I've got to get up at four in the morning. You know, <laughs> it's 7pm. <can't>... <laughs> yeah, you know, like, so it, it that does limit me massively. The fact that I, you know, I'm getting up at four, so I'm going to bed. You know, it doesn't get anywhere with anyone. Um, but no, but you are right. Like in my head, a lot of the time I think, or oh, by doing this, I'm sacrificing an element of bodybuilding. Um, but a lot of that would be the the stuff that would happen before a relationship. Um, whereas potentially, if you were already in one, or you swiftly got into one. Then you wouldn't have to go through all of those. Um, you know, I'm talking to two lads that are in relationships and doing fairly well with it. So it's hard for me to, you know, talk about it. But
0: <laughs> I appreciate you answering the question, though, mate. I very much appreciate it. Because I think, I think probably a lot of people want to know. And the people that take the piss, they can.
2: It's the, the with answer, their own lives. I, I, I can give a very easy answer, but it's not. It's not really. I uh, know it's not appropriate, but it it's a bit dull and like not dark, but it's not very cheery. No. And I know you boys are kind of like a bit more upbeat and stuff on the podcast. I'm not going to bring it down, but that's you can right. kind of. I, I did kind of answer it there. Um, yeah, no, we we
0: know what you mean. I think that's and that's very fucking mature of you, to be honest, mate. Like to be able to be aware of the fact that you need to be in a position where. You can accept a relationship and, and you yourself are ready for it, and you're not wanting to place a negative burden on your partner, then that's um that's fantastic. And I think to be honest, if if people are listening to this, they're probably gonna gain a fuckload of respect for you out of that because that's it. something pretty oh, cool I, to say. I don't
2: know, these fucking YouTubers, mate. The comments oh, the- mate. you're probably a yeah, moral. Why is it with YouTube accounts? It's different gravy to Instagram. I think it's, it's you don't have to have any content on your YouTube channel; it's just like a blank page, and people just go in on it. So, did you get any negative stuff on the the Josh Josh
0: video? Uh, I haven't checked all of them. Is there any negative ones on there, George? That you've seen? I've
1: I've only seen the one. Some geese. Every single podcast just attack me. Here's the killer that kills these dogs. Oh,
0: for fuck's sake! Fuck I've seen no that. No way.
1: Yeah. Goes yeah. in horrible,
2: horrible, horrible comment. You got to think seriously. Like, wh- what are people doing? Like talking like that? Like, because these people obviously know you and must follow you on Instagram, kind of thing, you know. And it's like, what are you doing? Yes. I just. Oh, I don't what? know. It's
0: it's it's a it's a crazy world we live in, but the majority of the comment section is lovely and positive, so we we really appreciate guys, and we'll just ignore the the shower of shit that that comes
2: occasionally. Um, I bite so hard, you, but, yeah. But you, you I kind do of bite I kind of enjoy hard, yeah. biting. People always like, why would you bite? Why would you entertain it? It's like I enjoy it. Is it? Yeah. You know. <laughs> this guy was like, I think it was I commented on your video. Um, I was like defending oh, well, and he was like, yeah, I think it was that I think yeah. so and, and he, he basically said, who, who are you Jack thought, he was like, who are you and then he proceeded to, after he asked who I am, sarcastically listed things that I do to take the piss out of me, like, he was like "Oh, getting up at this time eating not exactly to the gram of lettuce, crying on a hack squat and I was like, apparently you fucking know very well who I am son and I have no clue who you are, you nobody. And then, <laughs> it's just things like that. It, it does make me laugh.
0: <laughs> I just I'm just waiting for the day you start your own YouTube channel and start blogging, Jack. I'd really honestly really I love wish it. I
2: could. Honestly, I wish I could. Um <laughs> anyone that, anyone that followed me in like 2016, 17, I remember I used to go off on my Instagram. Like I'd be walking to work and I'd be slating people on my Instagram just like having a laugh and it was quite funny yeah. um, and people did find it funny but obviously with my line of work at the moment I'm very um, <laughs> like I'm very careful with what I put out there even on even on podcasts now I'm a bit there eh, because every now and again I'll get a kid in school going like oh sir, I saw you on that podcast it was quite funny I'm like what like these kids actually listen to some of this and it's a bit like uh yeah but um like the worst is on Instagram because some of these kids because I I did a period of supply um in 2018 and then got then went to uni, got qualified, and now I've gone back to doing supply. So I know a lot of these kids from three years ago and they still remember me and stuff, and they found my Instagram account all the way back then. But even if I go private now, they, they're they still on there. And like kids kids will just randomly just come up to me like, oh, yes, yeah, sir, I followed you for like three years. It's no biggie. They, a lot of them don't care about it anymore. It's just like, so I, I obviously haven't got an issue with it. But a lot of the other staff aren't too happy that kids have pictures of my ass on their Instagram and stuff like that. And you can see, you can kind of see where the issue is. Um, <laughs> Mr. Thhand <Thornton, also>, strike <laughs> to, to me I don't give a shit because it's, it, once you get into that bodybuilding like a, a bare backside is nothing to you. You don't bar an eyelid like yeah. I can remember I can remember a girl coming up to me and going, hey sir it's your ass and I'm like yeah like, yeah what but obviously to anyone else that's like oh my god but I don't know. Mm. That's, quite a lot of them respect it. Especially the, as the boys get older, into like the, the 15s, the 16s, they're like, oh, so what are you taking? Creatine? You on the steroids? <laughs> leave it, boys. quite <laughs> funny. And especially like, if I, if I do PE because obviously that's my subject, sometimes you get to take them in the gym and stuff. And they're like, so a few weeks before, before any lockdown, we were in the gym and there was a big group of boys and they, they said, oh, sir, you've got to go on the bench press before the end of the lesson or, like, we're going to misbehave or something, I can't remember. And it came to the end of the lesson, they blocked the door and said, you're not allowed to leave unless you do a max on the bench press, like, as many reps as you can. There was only, like, 50, 60 kilos on there and they, like, (laughs) made me bench it. Um, And they were all, like, clapping me, cheering me out when I did it. So, yeah, there's, there's, like, positives and negatives about it, but it's good on the whole. Good. Uh,
0: but, oh man, did you did you do a clean set or did your hip click in and out during the uh, the, the you sixty know kilo max set? You know <laughs>
2: like stuff stuff like that stuff like this like it makes me realise how much of a mental thing yeah. um, the the issues I have are because I can remember because it was just like right jump in the set do it done. I I legit hit failure. And there was like no hip clicking, no shoulder popping, nothing. And I came up with a belt a chest (laughs) pump. The kids lift the bar off me. Bear in mind, like I failed. And all these kids had to bit the bar off me. It was like 60K, and there were like four kids pulling them off. Oh my God. I hope no no teachers see this because I ain't getting a job after that. um, yeah, so the, like stuff like that makes me realise how much the, there's a big mental element to the like the issues I have. Um, yeah. because I remember AJ when I trained with you. Um, MJ's? We were, no, not MJ's the one when we were just like a day out in Birmingham. Oh yeah, um, ultimate yeah. I can remember you basically dragged me out because I just wanted to stay in there because everything was like firing the way it should, yeah. and and like it's because we just walked in. I had no expectations. We were a day out from a show. We were just dicking around, really. Um, and I, because of that, I was a lot more relaxed, and things went really well. And I can remember getting one of the best pumps I've had in years doing that. But there is a massive psychological element to it, and a lot of people will be like, "Oh well, if that's the case, just sort it." But it's it's easier said than done. Like I am, I am getting on top of it, but it's it is a frustrating one. Mm. So.
0: Awesome. I'm aware that we're around about an hour. I know that you've probably got a meal and some, some sleep to catch. George, have you got any like questions that you particularly wanted to ask or have you covered all the ones that you... We've all covered it. I think we go off on a topic and then it goes to one of the
1: questions. I think on, I was going to ask that, but we're talking about it now. So, George, you're sober this week. Well done.
0: I know. I know. This I know. Is After what...
1: the first week, people have no go at me. This me is a, this is a trio them.
0: of clean podcasts for George, so he's um, he's doing immense I see, see, I'm not addicted. See, see, can stop. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, I think the first one was you could probably just blame on me. It's probably just poor timing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> 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 All right. So yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, as always, listeners, thanks very much for, for tuning in. We were we really appreciate it. And I gonna your stories and shit. Yeah, us away, tag us away and Any suggestions of uh, next guests that you'd particularly like to see on the episode, uh, put it in the comment section below and we'll, we'll potentially try and get them on for the
2: next episode. And uh, yeah, for now, over and out. Chat soon.